Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. So, so what I want to talk about today is 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 this topic that we are enlightened in Christ to be enabled. Okay, I'm going to say that again. We are enlightened in Christ to be enabled. Now, the book of Ephesians, when you look through it, and uh, I've just been so blessed. I've been reading and rereading and reading it again and reading it again and again and again and again. I've read it over and over and over over again for this series because, um, you know, one of my aims is not, not to give you all of my wisdom. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just, like, not that great. Okay? I'm just a normal guy. But this Bible, my goodness, there is so much wisdom in it. And what I want to do is I want to get what this is saying so that I can communicate it to you. And um, <clears throat> I get a lot of credit for that. But, but you know what? Um, it's nothing due to me. It's, I'm just repeating to you what I've read in here. And I'm saying this because I want you to understand that you can read the same book, okay? You've all, you've all got access to it. And there's nothing special about me because I've got a microphone, okay? I'm just here as a, a, as, as a vessel. And you know, God can use anyone. He even used a donkey in the Old Testament. You know that? He used a donkey. There was this guy and he was traveling along doing the wrong thing and his donkey started talking to him. Isn't that kind of crazy? <laughs> if a donkey ever starts talking to you, know that God's speaking. But, but <laughs> some people say, oh, that guy up there, he's a donkey. Well, whatever. God might be speaking to you. If God can use a donkey, he can use me. And all I'm doing is I'm repeating what's in here. That's what I'm trying to say. Now, Paul was the guy who wrote this book of Ephesians and Paul wrote this book while he was in prison he was in jail because people didn't like him talking about this loving God who loves people who wants to walk into their lives and he, he I mean what he was doing was like revolutionary there were I, I kid you not there were stadiums filling up stadiums there was in Ephesus there actually was a stadium that seated 25,000 people and all of these people were coming to hear Paul talk about this Jesus who rose again right and it were, they were scared because of him. He, he couldn't go there anymore. He had to escape. And then he got put in jail. So he's writing these letters to these churches that he started around the known world at that point. And uh, one of them is to these Ephesians. And these Ephesian people, who are these people? Well, they are Gentiles. Who knows what a Gentile is? A Gentile is someone who is very gentle. No, no, just kidding. A Gentile is a person, well, you, you had two religions back then, Okay. You had the, 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 the Israelite religion, where you had this living God, who, whom they, everyone knew about this, this, you know, they'd heard about the stories of guys like Elijah who had called down fire and, you know, and all of these sorts of things where there's this living God and there was them. And then there was the people who were called pagans. Okay, that was all. There was only two religions. Wasn't that simple? So, so simple back then. Only two religions. There was the people, you know, this living God, and then there was the paganism. Pagans, they believed in everything. They just believed in whatever went, you know, like they just believed in it, okay? They, there were all sorts, many deities, many sorts of things, many. And, and so, so all of these Gentiles who were pagans came to Jesus and began to believe in him. Okay, so who Paul was preaching to were these people who were of a certain mindset they were going from a bunch of all sorts of different beliefs to one God. It's very, who knows, it's very confusing when you, when you begin to see God in that way, when you've seen Him in another way, right? So, so the whole 
book of Ephesians and a lot of the other New Testament was actually written not to Jews but to these Gentiles. Do you, yeah, and this is a crazy thing about, you know, for you, for you who have been around in, you know, this sort of environment for a long time, you've been following Jesus for a while. Did you know that most of the New Testament was, was written to this people group? It's important to realize because you begin to see it in new eyes. That's why, why Paul was like, you know, you guys, you've got to understand, you are seated in heavenly places because these people were very superstitious. They were very worried about what was going on above them. Okay? So, so Paul prays this prayer of enlightenment um, in verse um, uh, 17 of chapter 1, which I've read to you, and, and this is how it goes. This is the prayer of enlightenment, but we're not staying here. I'm just refreshing your mind. We're going to enablement, okay? All right, so here's the prayer. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom. Everybody say spirit of wisdom. <laughs> and revelation, revelation, that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power. Everybody say great power. For those who believe that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. Now, who knows that is some power? That's some power. Anybody want that power in their world? Yes, please. I'll take a double. Okay. And seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked. Hmm. Interesting word that, invoked. Invoked. Because he's talking to people who have all their lives tried to invoke God so that they could appease him. And all of a sudden, there's this Paul who comes along and says, no, 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 hold on a second. You're above that in Christ. And they're like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Not only in the present age, but also in the age to come. So not only here and now in this physical, but also in the age to come when we die and go to heaven. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body. What's the church? It's a big building with glass, glass, you know, it's glass and there's a man up the front and he has a big robe and a big pointy head. No, that is not the church. The church is Christ's body. That's you and I, the believers, the followers. We become his body as we come into him. You know that? Okay, I'm just helping you if you don't already know. Some of you are like, I knew that, Ryan. You tell me that every week, okay? <laughs> every single week he says the same thing. Which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Now, see, this is when a person becomes a follower of Christ, this is what becomes very, very apparent to them. They begin to see him, they begin to see who he is, and they begin to walk towards him. That's what happens. It's the, the enlightenment. Why, why, why are we here to, to, to make people believe in what we believe because we think what we believe is better than what everybody else thinks? No, that's not why we're here. We are here because we've seen something in Jesus that just is insane. It's amazing. And there is authority in his name. Everything will bow at his name. I'm going to tell you a story about that soon. I've got a story. I can't wait to tell you that story. It's a funny little story. But part two of this whole teaching that Paul gives these Ephesians is not just in 
the, the, the enlighten, enlightenment, it's in the enabling. Now, this is important. This is important. Because, why? Why? Because religion leans a lot on enlightenment to, in, to engage power over people. Let me explain what I mean to you. When you've got one who's enlightened, you know, where's the light? Can you turn up uh, those lights right up? Okay, they're right up. Okay, I, um, am I standing in the light here? No, no, up, 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 up. You know, I'm in the light, you're all in the dark, you know. I'm the one who has the, the red phone, the red telephone to Jesus, and nobody else does. I hear from him specially, and, and you, well, you guys, if you want to hear from God, um, well, you better ought to talk to me, you know. You, because, you know, oh, you think God said that? No, no, God said this. And, and God said that. And you ought to follow, otherwise something bad is going to happen in your world. Because I have the power to say that because I'm the enlightened one. Do you understand how much power there is when someone puts across to you that they are enlightened and that you're not? There's a lot of power. You, I mean, let me tell you something. I'm a pastor. This is like trade secrets. Okay, trade secrets. But, you know, I don't mean to expose people, but there are a lot, a lot of pastors, a lot of preachers, a lot of churches, there are a lot of religions that there will be this person who is the enlightened one, who is the almighty ruler of everything, that everyone looks at him or her and they go, that is, that is, that is the direction in which God is taking us. Now, now, that's not to say sometimes God does use people. Yes, He does. Yes, of course He uses people. Yes, there are gifts, and we're going to talk about that sort of thing. But let me tell you something. God doesn't leave it at enlightenment. He, he takes it to enablement. Okay? He takes it to enablement. I, I've been enlightened. I've seen Jesus. I know Jesus, and so are many of the people in this room. But, but I, 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 for no moment, if, if, if I ever become this guy who's just like the enlightened one that talks to this whole church because I'm the enlightened one and nobody else is, leave. Go somewhere else. I've missed it. I tell you, I challenge that to you. Just, I mean, just, I've missed it. I've become an idiot. I've missed the Bible. And, and the thing is, is there are so many out there who are keeping their people in the dark because they like the power that enlightenment gives them. Ouch, reminds me really serious this morning. Well, it's got to be said. It's got to be said because the Bible talks about enablement. See, see part, to, Paul, part two of Paul's teaching is all about enablement. God is into enablement as well as enlightenment. In other words, what I'm saying is this. If he is giving you if there is a light turning on in your life, he doesn't want you to just look at me or look at Rachel or look at us as, oh, wow, that, what C3 is doing is amazing. He wants you to begin to walk in the exact same authority or more that we might have. Oh, okay. Now that changes things. Let me, let me, let me just, just go on to Ephesians chapter 4 and I'm going to continue on this little soapbox that I'm talking about today. Um, Ephesians chapter 4, 11 to 16. So Christ himself gave apostles, the prophets, 
the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers, what to do? What, what's, the, what's the point? See, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I don't know what I am, actually. I'm in a bit of some of these, okay? Um, and being a church planner, so that's what I am. I plant churches, right? So being a church planner, I have to be all of those sometimes at the same time. That's a, so when we first started... We were evangelists. Rachel and I evangelists. We're telling people about Jesus. Come to our church. We're telling people about Jesus. We've been, as we've moved on, we've become teachers. We've become prophets. Well, whatever. It's all there. All these gifts are sort of sitting there. But as the church grows, there, there will be more and more people that will rise up. There will be teachers that come out of this place. There will be prophets. There will be apostles. There will be evangelists. And I'm not going to explain all of these words because I haven't got much time. If you want to talk to me about that later, you can. Okay? Okay? But these people are the people that we would say, oh, they're the enlightened ones. You understand? See, see, they're the ones that had some sort of special revelation. And see, Paul, he had a special revelation of Jesus and who Jesus was in order to share that, that knowledge with the Gentiles. And, and, and see, see, the thing is, is he is, the reason he's saying all of this is he's helping these guys to understand that although they are enlightened, it was for a purpose. It was for a purpose. What's the purpose? Well, the purpose was for their enablement. It's like we, we, we've got a little kind of gift here that we've received. We're just passing it straight on to you so that you can go and pass that on to someone else. <sighs> okay, I'm, I'm going to keep going in this scripture and then I'm going to get to the reason why I've kind of got you in this scripture. Until we all reach, so, oh sorry, to equip his people for works of service. Okay, so that's what we're doing here. Works of service, we're serving one another. So that the body of Christ might be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God. Okay, I'm just going to stop there. Did you hear that? Until we all reach unity in the faith. In other words, there's going to come a point where you know just as much as me. You understand? You know, once upon a time, the church missed it so much that they used to preach in Latin in countries where nobody spoke Latin. Because <laughs> they liked the power of being the enlightened ones and keeping everybody else in the dark. But that is missing the point. And there was a guy who came, who came and stuck a, a notice on the door of the church and said, this is wrong. This is wrong. It was the beginning of what was called the reform, reform movement, where they reformed the church. Okay? A guy called Martin Luther. Why have we got this knowledge? Well, we need to get everyone to reach a unity in the faith and have the same knowledge of the Son of God. And what happens when they begin to have unity in faith and the same knowledge? They become mature. They become mature. Now, what, 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 what are you talking about mature? Well, they begin to attain the whole measure. The whole measure. Everybody say whole measure. Not just like, here, here's a bit of Jesus. I'm just going to lay my hands on you and that's it. You're out. Oh, thank you. That was amazing. Wow, man of God, he touches me, you know, he prays for me, he does all of these sorts of things, and he's got a better measure of Christ than us. No, he doesn't. If he's holding you out of that measure, let me tell you something, it is going to come up in heaven before God. God is, you know, God actually judges pastors, teachers, prophets, all of those, double, we double. You know why? It's because there is power in what we do. Okay? 
So when we're representing God and we're holding people out and we've got the full measure and nobody else has, let me tell you, that's going to come up. Now, now this, this is important to talk about, especially to this particular people group, because these people, because of the environment they had come from, paganism, it was all about the enlightened one who does everything for them and tells them what to do in order to make the gods happy. They would sit in temples, they would sit in places, on, on, in high places, above everybody else and tell them what, and they would, oh gosh, okay, he said it, so I better do it. So, this is, so they had actually brought this thinking into the church. So Paul was telling them, no, 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 this is not why we have this power. This is not why we are, we are talking into your life like this because we're enlightened and you're not. God wants to bring you into the full measure of what he has. Someone's getting some faith in the room. Someone's understanding it. I just felt, I just felt God just did something. There is a whole measure of the fullness of Christ that is available for you then we will no longer be infants. Now, here's, here's something that I've noticed since moving here. And this is no judgment. This is no judgment. But the church needs to grow here. We need to grow as a, as a, as a, as a people group here. Not, I'm not talking about numerically. I'm talking about we need to grow actually in, in, in immaturity as a church. We will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Now, why is that important? Listen to me. I have seen ministries come and go and come and go and come and go from this city. And, and people are not doing their research on who these people are, what their backgrounds are, what they're about, what their doctrine is, who, what their theology is, what they're actually believing, what kind of jets they're flying around in, in nations that are other from our countries, and what, how much those jets are costing, and why they're flying around in kind of these sorts of things. Listen to me, they just come in, land here and say, I'm the man of God. Everybody bow down and kiss my feet, and people do. Because he's enlightened and we're not. Let me tell you something, that is a maturity thing. We need to grow past that. These people have had too much power in this nation for a long time. And let me tell you something, I came here to establish a church, not for me to be enlightened one in front of all of you, but to create a church of people who are enabled, who understand their power, their authority in Christ, who know that if they say in the name of Jesus that the demons shall bow down and go. I'm getting excited because listen to me, I'm a bit angry about it. I'll be honest, it's like a righteous anger. I'm sick and tired of it. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. Church doesn't need that. Do you know the power that you have in Christ? Do you know the authority that you have in Christ? It's the same name that you profess. And by that name, there will be healing. By that name, there will be demons that are cast out. By that name, there will be sickness that is delivered. Sorry, I had to do something stupid. <laughs> it has the water. <clears throat> Have you been unsure about your doctrine? Have you been unsure about what you believe? 
Have you been tossed about by the waves, the different people that come in and say, oh, I don't know, I don't know, they're saying this, but oh, they're, they're it's time to grow. I know I'm challenging some of you. It's time to grow. This is a maturity thing for the church. It's time to grow. We've got to grow up. We've got to grow up. Hmm. And let me tell you something. There are people out there who are cunning and crafty. Unfortunately, within the church, there is a lot of business that goes on. A lot. I know. I know there is a lot of business that goes on. Why is there a lot of business that goes on? Because there's a lot of power. Wherever there's power, there's money. Okay? And not just little amounts. I'm talking about hundreds of millions, billions. The, the Christian church is a billion-dollar industry. It's, it's worth billions. People are trying to get in. Why? It's the world's largest religion. Well, it was. We're not having enough babies, people. You've got to have more babies. So whenever there's that temptation, whenever there's that thing that's there, that, that kind of power and that kind of money, well, people will do all sorts of things. And we have to be watching. We have to be careful. And what tends to happen with these crafty, cunning kind of ministries is you have a bunch of people who have never been enabled, who don't know their own authority in Christ, who don't know their own power in Christ, who don't know who, who Jesus is really in them. They've never understood that they have the full measure of Christ in them and they never walk out in their own authority. And it's sad. It's completely sad. You see, enlightenment, you have to understand, if you've been enlightened, if, it, if God has turned a light on for you, that is a platform for enablement. It's meant to be going somewhere. It's meant to be moving forward. It's meant to be going somewhere. And, and this is what Paul is talking about um, from 11 to 16. What I said. Instead of speaking in the truth in love, we will, instead speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect mature, the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. Who's the head of the church? Who's the head of the church? Who's the big boss? Who's, who, who's, who's in charge of the church? <laughs> Who said that? <clears throat> Reminds me of... Anyway, it's all right. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows... And builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Listen to me. Until you know your enablement, until you know your place in the kingdom, you're like a body part that's like paralyzed and limp and like, you know, floppy. It's useless, you know. And, and you know what? If you ever see a runner with, you know, with one arm that's kind of like just not doing what it should, he's going to run slower. Right? Because that arm is not getting in momentum. And see, this is what happens in the church. You know, we're all together, we're going somewhere, and it's like, oh, there's people who have not been enabled. You know, and they're like, oh, you know, what about that guy? What about what that says? And what about this? And what about that? And, and we get dragged back, and we can never move forward. You know? 
And, and uh, it's about enablement. It's about knowing who you are in Christ. And, and there are some who are prophets. There are some who are pastors. There are some who are this and that and all of those sorts of things. There are some that have more gifts than the others. But it's all for a reason. Because the body of Christ needs to be built up. So that it actually can be the healing body that it's meant to be for nations. Oh, man, when, when, when the body knows who it is, I'm telling you, nations change. And, and, and I'm not talking about, like, you know, nations convert. I'm talking about nations changed. I just love that we were able to spend, you know, send 40,000 rupees down to Kerala. How cool is that? How cool is that? Now, listen to me. We're going to a place, and I'm just prophesying this into place. We're going into a place when, when, when stuff like this happens, we're going to send crores as a church. Crores. That people will stand up and go, who sent that money? And it will say, it was the kingdom of God. It came from Jesus. It came from his body. And it doesn't matter what belief anyone is. We're still going to help them because we love people, right? It's what we do. It doesn't matter. Oh, man. When we begin to stand up and know who we are, we can make a huge, massive, massive difference. Hmm. Your enlightenment is a platform for God's enablement. Now, let me tell you a story. I'm talking about demons, opinion, of, uh, uh, you know, opinions, not opinions, dominions. I get mixed up with my syllables. You know, all of these sorts of things. When I first moved here, we were living down in Calaba, and uh, my son was going to a little primary, uh, like kindergarten, just up the road, and I would walk Elijah to and from his kindergarten every day. And at this point, we were just establishing the church. <coughs> okay? The church is just beginning. And uh, we're meeting down in India Bulls. And we're, we're actually meeting at that point on Saturdays uh, until I realized that Saturdays is a crazy day to meet because there's so much traffic on Saturdays. Didn't get it. I was just totally thick like that. So eventually, we moved it to Sunday and became a real church. And then... Um, <laughs> and then, So anyway, I, I was taking Elijah to and from... Now, one night, I'm going to bed. Elijah... Uh, so like at about 12, 1 a.m. 1 in the morning, everyone's asleep in our house, and I hear a, crang, a crash and a bang. Something has fallen off Elijah's uh, shelf in his bedroom, just out of nowhere, just fallen off. And I'm like, that was weird, okay? I put it back on his shelf, I go back to sleep. Next thing, Elijah wakes up and tells me, Dad... Uh, I go into his room. I say, what's wrong? He said, Dad, some, some, someone was touching my feet. Like, touching my feet. And I said, oh, okay. I said, okay, Elijah, we're just going to pray. And I prayed. He goes back to sleep. I wake up again to another crash and a bang. Fall, something, the same thing falls off the shelf. And I go, okay, there's a little demon around here. And I'm sitting in Elijah's room in the corner of the room. I kid you not. Now you might think, what was he? Did he eat too much pizza? Or is in the corner of his room is a little kid. There's a little kid. And I said, who are you? And where did you come from? And he said, I followed Elijah home from school. <laughs> now I knew what it was. It was a demon. I said, in the name of Jesus... I cast you out. You never come here again. You go back to wherever you came from in Jesus' name. Went, disappeared. I went back to bed, fell asleep. Elijah woke up in the morning. Never happened again. 
Why am I telling you this story? I'm telling you this story because I want you to know the power that you have in the name of Jesus is the same as the power I have in the name of Jesus. That demons listen to it. Now what do you think if the devil has an administration, if he has a force that is there to bring bad luck, bad stuff onto, onto God's people, and I believe all people are God's people. They, they, he, he, he wants them all. He loves them all. And that's, I'm not, I'm just, he is, the, I'm talking about the Almighty God, the Father God. He loves all people. Okay? Now, if he, if, 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 if the, if the name of Jesus is powerful enough to cast out that little thing, that little demon, which I don't think was little, I think it was a big one that was actually just pretending to be little. I'm telling you this story just because I want you to understand there is a spiritual realm. There is, there is evil out there. It is against you. But you have this name. Jesus. And, and, and he wants you to be in him. He doesn't want you to just be invoking that name. He wants you to be in him, seated above these things. See, see that demon, as soon as I said it, it realized who I was in Christ. And it's the same person that you are in Christ. I want to encourage you guys, when you see sickness, pray for it in Jesus' name. When you see people who are in need, pray for them in Jesus' name. Don't, don't, be, don't be thinking it's going to... See, see I, didn't, I didn't do that you know, because I've got some sort of like muscles. I pulled out my like, pastor sword. I was like, you know who I am? Like, you know, like, you know, I've got a gun here. You know, I'm going to shoot it at you, little demon. That's no, not what I did I said, in Jesus' name. I just want to encourage you, every one of you, every one of you, no matter what walk you're from, call on the name of Jesus and you will see power that you've never seen before. It's the same power that God exerted to raise Jesus from the dead. Amen? Amen. Hmm. Okay. Oh my gosh. I've gone over time and I didn't get to the scripture I wanted to get to. Hmm. All right. I'm going to miss that. I'm going to preach about that next week. My application is this. Enlightenment should always lead to enablement. Enlightenment should always lead to enablement. You are seeing Jesus. He is, he is opening up the door for you. Not for you to just have a person like me continue to open the door and say, here's Jesus, here's Jesus, here's Jesus. No, no, no. He wants you to be in Christ. Jesus wants you to be in Him. He wants you to be fully in, fully immersed, fully of the full knowledge, of the fullness of Christ, to know what it is to be a full-on believer, full-on follower of Christ. And, and that doesn't mean you give up anything sort of cultural-wise. It just means that you begin to walk in authority. Okay? And, and the other thing is, is, listen, we need to begin to... This is the second thing. There is an order that God puts in place. And there is a place for pastors, teachers, leaders, prophets, all of that. There is a place for that. Okay, and I've seen the other side of this. I've seen the, the you know, he's, he's the big guy. I've also seen the other side of it with people who are hurt, being disenfranchised by, by religious groups or the church, and they just don't trust guys like me. And I get it, I understand. But um, listen to me. Um, there is an order that God actually wants to enlighten you and enable you through his order. And that order is actually through pastors, leaders, teachers, and each other. 
very important that we say each other because that's a big point of why we meet every Sunday, come together. Why, why do we do this? Why do we do small groups? Why do we do it? Just because it's positive and it's nice? Well, yeah, but there's much more to it. There is something that begins to happen, the order of God where he begins to grow you in ways you never thought you would grow because you've actually come into that order. You understand? Enlightenment leads to enablement. Trust God's order, the leaders and each other. The third thing is this. Enlightenment is all God. Enablement is you and God. Enlightenment is all God. That's where he just starts to do miracles. And this is, this is one of the things. People have this honeymoon with Jesus. Jesus is doing so much in my life and then he stops all of a sudden. Anyone know what I'm talking about? You're like, what happened to Jesus? Jesus, where art thou? <laughs> you know, where are you? I don't know where you went. Am I doing something wrong? You know, have I sinned? You know, we, we, we question, we begin to question. No, 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 it's not that. It's, it's, it's eventually your enlightenment leads to a place where you and God begin to walk together and it's when you and God begin to walk together that he begins to show you muscles that you never had never thought you had he begins to show you that you have a fight in you that you never thought that you had he begins to show you that there is a there is power in his name and that you need to speak up he begins to show you that 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 you know and this can comes out in the most weirdest places like in our workplace where we never thought it would come out you know where we've got that boss who's just been an utter, you know, blah, 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 and you just want to, like, tell them where to go, and you, that morning you read the Bible and it says, you know, do everything in love. <laughs> and Jesus is sitting on the couch with you for your little coffee morning time, and he's saying, you and me, baby, enablement, remember? <laughs> I'm maturing you, I'm growing you, I'm, I'm bringing something out of you that you never thought you had, it's time to grow, baby. No, I just would prefer just to keep that pastor there. He's the holy one. He's the one who's got all of that. I just want to do what I want and then go to church on Sunday and have them enlighten me. Nope, sorry. Enlightenment leads to enablement. And that enablement is you and God doing life together, walking it out, where you will understand where your faith is actually at and what you think it is. And Jesus has a great way of showing us where our faith really is. And where we think it is, is where we think it was and we're like, oh crap, I've got no faith. I need to, oh man, I need to, I need to believe more. And, 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 it's, and, and it's Jesus. You and me, God. You and me. That's the place of enablement. It's the place of enablement. Amen? C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3 Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi. 